On today's yeah. episode, we're going to talk about high-quality content that promotes you as an authority and allows you to attract customers for your business, and more importantly, steak. Let's go. This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today, we have Tyler Basu. He is the content manager for Thinkific, the all-in-one platform for creating and selling online courses. He is also a podcast host and publisher of Lifestyle Business Magazine and a contributor to numerous online publications, including Entrepreneur, Influensive, and Addicted to, Addicted to Success. Excuse me. Tyler, how is your day going, my friend? Good, good, man. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Yeah, I appreciate it. So without further ado, the way we start the podcast to get the, the creative energy flowing a little bit, we have to start off with an icebreaker. So Tyler, are you ready, my friend? Let's do it. All right. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where yeah. are you going to eat? What are you ordering? in order to make your day complete where am i going to eat uh i like the keg probably going to go to the keg depending on how i'm feeling i'd grab a salmon or a steak just depends how hungry i am very nice now <laughs> that's a great to, question there. to those to those people who have absolutely no idea what the keg is my first reaction was like oh all right he's a drinker you know he's gonna you know, maybe do a keg stand or something like that oh um, yeah yeah so right. tell us a little bit about the keg's the, not the, in every country yeah so what, what is the it, keg it's a it's one of like the higher end steakhouses in in canada i don't know if it's in america or not but it's definitely a nice restaurant in Canada. Okay. No, I personally never heard of it, but now I feel like I'm intrigued to, to learn more. So if they're if they're listening uh, right now, you know, please fly us over. We'll we'll have a dinner, we'll blog about the whole uh, we'll vlog the whole thing so we can uh, give a plug. <laughs> so what you said That's salmon good. or steak. Uh, how are you preparing mm -hmm. your steak? Uh, medium rare. Well well done. I appreciate that's a great answer. Um, <laughs> it's a good pun. Well done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't even realize that. Uh, Tyler, without further ado, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what is your story? Uh, well, well, you definitely got some of the highlights uh, in the intro there. Um, so my, my basically what I fill my day with is creating content. I help Thinkific uh, and other entrepreneurs get exposure for themselves, bring in customers for their businesses by publishing information online that helps their target market. So that can be articles, it can be podcast episodes, it could be uh, interviews, case studies, webinars, courses, whatever the case is. But I help, uh, basically my job is to create content that helps grow businesses. Uh, how I got into this space is a long journey of trial and error. It's been about 10 years of working in different industries, uh, creating content at first as a hobby, uh, on the side while working in real estate and after a couple of years of doing it on the side I figured out how um, to uh, to turn it into a career left real estate in 2015 uh, and I've been in, in the online world full-time since but I'm happy to dive into you know any part of that journey because there's a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes made along the way a lot of experiences a lot of lessons learned for sure yeah absolutely uh, what is it about on um, what is it about content marketing that intrigues you so much that you were able to leave your you know, I'm sure you're a somewhat comfortable job to what it is that you're doing now. 
Um, well, I, I consumed a lot of content for the longest time. It started uh, probably around the age of 17, 18. I was going to a uh, local uh, business school um, and I started reading the business books on my way to class and started listening to uh, to audiobooks, going to seminars, going to conferences. And for, for several years, I just consumed all this information and did, uh, and, but didn't really do a whole lot with it. So when, when I, at some point I decided, you know what, there's really no point consuming so much information if I'm not going to do any, anything with it. Why don't I try at least sharing a few of the things that I'm learning? So I started really basic with a with a blog, a personal blog in 2011. Um, but a year or two later, I started interviewing people. That became a podcast. Then I started creating eBooks. Uh, then the online magazine. Then an online course and and things like that. So it's been like this gradual evolution of shifting from being a consumer of information to trying to create some information that helps people. Uh, and when I learned how to do that in the context of of using information to grow a business, that's when I started getting paid for, for my work. Um, you know, for a few years, I just did it just for fun. Nobody was paying me. I was just putting content out there. Uh, but once I learned how to create content strategically that actually brought in customers for a business, that's when um, I was able to, you know, to get out of real estate and start actually being paid to create content. So that was pretty cool making that transition. What were some of the early uh, pieces of content that you were reading, watching, listening, etc.? And w what is that like now? Um, so I started with uh, the first book I picked up was Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, I read pretty much all his books since then. Um, I've read books by like Stephen Covey, uh, John Maxwell, Tony Robbins, um, and and all of the major uh, business and marketing books. Pretty much, uh, pretty you know a bit a bit of everything. Like I, I was just trying to because I wasn't getting a whole lot of value out of going out of out of going to school. Um, so my way of compensating for that and actually learning entrepreneurship was buying books and listening to podcasts by, by actual entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, it started with books, then it became podcasts. Uh, some of my favorites are uh, Smart Passive Income, Pat Flynn, uh, Tim Ferriss Show, James Altucher, Lewis Howes, uh, Mike Dillard, Self Made Man. These are the few of the shows that I listen to consistently. Um, and I've you know, spent thousands of bucks on online courses, taking a bunch of courses as well. And uh, yeah, pretty much, you, you know, it, it never stops. I'll never stop consuming information because I, I love learning. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's been a game changer for me making that a habit of every day, like consuming some kind of information that just makes me a little bit smarter each day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm curious, like, do you feel as if that when you're listening to these contents and, and a couple of, uh, I had a very interesting conversation with somebody the other day about, you know, the, your, your summary of the content that you're, that you listen to, um, mean that you might gain inspiration from like X podcast or Y podcast and translate that into your own digital marketing. Um, what are some things that you're doing to kind of make yourself different within your own content marketing? And then I guess for your customers as well. Yeah. Um, so there, well, there's two, there's two, there's two different parts I want to answer to that question. The first one is when I realized that me just consuming content 
Um, it has its limits. Like if you're just the one reading all the books, going to seminars and, you know, often you'll go to seminars and see the same people at the seminars and, and you know, and the, and, uh, so if you, when you have to make the shift, I think it's okay to go through that phase of just consuming information, but at some point you have to make the shift and realize that it's not just about what you know, it's also really important who you know. And so you shouldn't just be trying to get information. You should also be trying to build relationships. And so for me, the biggest step I took into uh, building relationships was starting a podcast. Because, you know, I could read, like if I wanted to learn about sales, for example, I could go read a book by someone like Grant Cardone or Tom Hopkins or any, you know, any of those sales trainers. Or I could get them on my podcast, actually talk to them, and now have a connection. You know, now have you add one more relationship to my to my network. So when I made the the priority from not just getting information, but actually connecting with the experts on particular topics, that became a game changer for me because now not only do I, it's it's not about like what you know, it's about who you know, but more importantly, who knows you, right? Um, so that was like the first big shift was prioritizing relationships over information. Um, that became a game changer because that opens up a lot of opportunities for you when uh, when you have a lot of relationships with people in different industries or even just in your industry. Um, the second part of your question, how do I like what goes into creating content? Um, so what it really boils down to, if you're you know, any kind of business entrepreneur, if, if you're creating content not just for a hobby, but you're accountable to bringing in exposure and customers for your business with your content, then you got to be really strategic. So what you want to do is identify like who is the specific target audience that you're trying to reach up front. Like you don't just write something or shoot a video and not really know who it's for or who it's going to help. You got to identify up front like who are you trying to reach? Who's your ideal client? Once you've got that part figured out, then you have what pain points do they have? What questions are they asking online? What information are they actually looking for? Then you end up with a list of topic ideas. And when you decide that you're going to create some content on a particular topic that you know is important to your target audience, try to create the best damn content you can. Like if you're going to write an article, write the best article. Google will figure out pretty quickly if you've got the best article on a specific topic and they'll rank you highly. Same thing with the video, same thing with the podcast, whatever form of content you're doing. Just try to make the best resource you can about that topic for that target audience. Then what happens is you still want to promote your stuff. Like you want to, you know, put in some time and effort to get it out there. But if it really is good, after that initial promotion period happens, people start sharing it. It gets ranked in search engines. People find it on their own. And in the long run, you've created an asset that now works every single day, 24 hours a day to attract people to you and the right people to you, your target audience, right? Um, so that's just, yeah, if, if that you know unpacks a little bit of the strategy that goes into creating content, um, content that's meant to actually you know bring in customers for a business. Yeah, what would you say with the growing trends in digital marketing and content creation, there's a whole lot of noise. So what are some ways that you could recommend in order to stand out into the uh, in the particular space that you're trying to get into. Um, so a few things. One is is quality over quantity. Um, I, I think unless you're trying to create like a really high traffic blog or a magazine or something like that. Um, I mean, you should still be publishing good stuff, but you need to publish a lot of stuff if you want like 
hundreds of thousands or millions of visitors to your site, you're probably going to need a lot of content. But for most businesses, like you don't need a million people to see what you're doing to build a to build a big business. Like you might just need a thousand or ten thousand if they're your if they're your people, if they're your target audience. Like you don't need a huge amount of eyeballs to get an ROI from your content efforts. So definitely focus on quality over quantity. You know, if you can manage one piece of content per week, that's pretty good. Keep that consistent, but make sure it's awesome content that you're putting out every week. Um, the second thing that I would say is uh, video content is being consumed, uh, I think, the most. And definitely over the next couple of years, we'll see the majority of content that's consumed online will be video content. Um, so don't, uh, you know, even if you like writing or you like doing audio, like you should have some sort of a plan to accommodate the people who like watching videos. Uh, so that's point number two. And the third thing I would say is repurpose your content. Like what you and I are doing right now, you're doing, we're doing this interview that becomes a video. Um, you could pull the audio from this, that becomes a podcast. You could have this transcribed let people download it as a PDF. You could pull some quotes from this, throw them on social media. You could take a couple of tips from this conversation, turn it into a blog post, maybe do an infographic. Like don't, if, if, if you have something good that you want to share with people, uh, don't just share it in one format. Like if you, if you know, if it starts off as an article and it does well and it gets traction, that should tell you that that's a good topic. So don't just go and move on to another topic. Maybe do a video on it or do a podcast on it or, 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 or do a webinar or create a course or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do, repurpose uh, a, a good piece of content as much as you can. That'll bring in, that'll help accommodate, you know, the different types of people out there and the, and, and the different types of content that they like to consume. And that's great, great advice. Uh, spoken from a true master of content marketing, for sure. Uh, the repurposing is very, very interesting. Um, I, I guess in that same uh, breath, there's content, again, constantly going out there. You said create amazing content. Video is something very important. Is there anything that's really starting to catch your eye? Uh, is there any particular styles that uh, you're just enjoying um, for, for yourself? Like for your own consumption of content? Um, well, I like the really big guides. Like if I, let's say I want to learn a specific topic, like um, let me think of something like uh, how to increase website traffic, for example. That's a topic that's pretty important to a lot of online businesses. Um, and so there's an example. We, should, we, we can link to it in the show notes, but it was published on Sumo's blog, and it's the headline is like how Tony Robbins gets a million website visitors a month uh, to his site. And it's like a breakdown of all the different ways that they're driving traffic to Tony Robbins's website. And it's really long, like it takes, you know, a good chunk of time to read. Uh, and it's really in depth. So if, if, you know, out of all the different pieces of content that I could consume about that topic, that's going to be high on my list of the ones to bookmark and go back to and read it several times and take different parts of it and try it and, and then come back to it, grab a different part, try that. Like, so you want to create that type of a resource for people. Like if it's not really, really helpful for them, if it's not something that they would bookmark and come back to and see that as a go-to resource. And if it's not establishing like uh, a large amount of credibility and authority and trust with your reader, then it was, probably wasn't like the greatest piece of content uh, to begin with. So you want to have that kind of effect on people. You want to, 
you know, put something out that's really, really helpful that people will say, that's awesome. And when you do that and you help someone to that extent for free, like the amount of trust that they have and their perception of your expertise goes up really, really high. It's not like you just gave them a little bit and, oh yeah, that was nice, but not, not really helpful. It's like, whoa, you just changed my business or you just changed my life with that content and it was free. What, how can I repay you now? Like, what do you sell? Like, what's your product? What's your service? Like, I wonder what kind of value I'd get if I actually became your customer, if that's what I got from you for free. Um, that's the kind of impact that you want to have on your content. So when I come across something that has that impact on me, that makes me like bookmark it, come back to that site, and now I'm a loyal consumer of their content, like then I would say that that, that piece of content did a great job. So you have this content, you're, you're creating on a consistent basis, you have this authority and trust within the market. The real question is now how, does you, how do you translate all that into money? Yeah, good question. So um, big mistake people make is they put content out there and then hope that the phone is going to ring or somebody's going to email them and say, hey, can I be your customer? And that doesn't happen so much. You want to actually have like a path a very specific path for them to go down, which is your sales process. So from that content, like let's say you put an article on your blog, uh, there should be a next step for that reader. If there's no next step, they're gonna leave your site, they may not come back to your site. You may have no way of, of contacting that person ever again. So you wanna have a next step for them. Maybe it's uh, applying for a free consultation with you. Maybe it's joining your email list or, or downloading a free resource in exchange for their email. Maybe it's signing up for a webinar you're going to do, but there needs to be a next step. So let's say you, you, you've got blog post and then you create like maybe a downloadable resource, like a checklist or, or a summary of the, of that particular blog post. You trade it for their email address. Once you've got their email address, now you invite them to a webinar or you invite them to a, a call with you or, you know, whatever your sales process is, but there needs to be that bridge that connects someone from just like consuming your stuff to having a conversation and being given the opportunity to buy something from you. Um, you got to walk them through that path. And at every one of those steps, there will be a conversion rate. So you can literally build a sales funnel out of content. It could start with an article, then uh, a downloadable resource, then a webinar, then, uh, then you know a sales page or a checkout page. And so if you can get like a thousand people to an article and you just watch those conversion rates along those steps, you'll be able to predict like upfront, okay, if I want to make this amount of money in sales, uh, I have to get this amount of people to my content. And based on the conversion rates, like maybe from out of a thousand people who read an article at the end of the funnel, five or 10 people buy your product or service. Like it's just math. So once you know the math, then you can go and invest resources in promoting the content, knowing that you're gonna make that money back because it's actually tied to a sales process. Mm. Now, one thing that I've personally been doing a lot of research on, and you hinted at it, is the, the, the world of the webinar. Have you seen a lot of success mm. in webinars? Is that something that you would recommend to other people uh, in order to, to help their business grow? Yeah, webinars are um, 
probably the next best thing to actually being in person, like with somebody. So if you have the opportunity to do an in-person sales meeting, if you feel that that's worth your time having those one-on-one meetings, if it's like a very high value client type of scenario, or if you have the opportunity to speak to a live room full of potential customers and give a presentation, uh, that's great because people can figure out really quickly when they when they're in person with you if they like you and if they trust you and if they want to buy from you. The next best thing is I think is webinars um, because you can again you can mimic that environment of giving a presentation to an entire room full of people, except they don't actually have to physically be in the room. They can just be sitting at their laptop wherever they are in the world. So the reach is great. The amount of time that you have with them on a webinar is great. Uh, somebody's not going to you know, spend an hour with you on a webinar if they're not interested in what you're doing. Like That's a lot of time to ask of somebody. Um, so at Thinkific, we do a couple of webinars every week um, where you know people come in through our, to our blog, to our website, on our newsletter. We, we uh, promote those webinars where we show them the product, and then we offer some bonuses and stuff at the end of the webinar. Um, those do really well for us. We also uh, arrange uh, webinars with uh, like promotional partners. You know, if somebody else has an audience that's interested in our product, we'll we'll do a webinar for their audience, and that person will get a you know a, a kickback or a commission or whatever for helping to set that up. So yeah, we definitely do uh, a lot of webinars, both our own for our audience and partnerships, um, so that we have exposure to other people's audiences as well. But you can pretty much sell anything uh, from a webinar. You know, whether it's a course, software, physical product. Uh, you know, whatever you want to do, I've we've, I've seen webinars work in pretty much every industry. Very interesting. Um, if it's okay with you, we're going to shift the focus a little bit and talk less about the, yeah, the no business, uh, the actual business side, and more so the personal side. Um, one thing that I know is very important to entrepreneurship and just uh, business professionals in general are habits. So, what are some mm-hmm. habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? This is a good question. I'm really happy you asked this because one of my biggest weaknesses is uh, is maintaining habits consistently. So to to compensate for that, I actually created like this weekly uh, accountability checklist thing that I print out. It has a list of the habits I want to keep consistent and every day I'm checking off like these habits as I'm doing them and at the end of the week I get a score. So that was my way of holding myself accountable to certain habits. And I think in every single industry, no matter what you're doing, there are going to be a, a very small number of like key activities that you need to do consistently those should be your habits and if you keep them consistent for a long period of time then your success is is inevitable and the results that you want will come so i've got both personal habits and professional habits but a few of them just off the top of my head are are, uh, reading every day at least 30 minutes Um, so that helps me get through usually a book or two a week just by doing allocating 30 minutes a day to read something at least 30 minutes of listening to content so I usually do like one on the way to the office, one on the way home. You know, one one way is listening, one way is reading. Uh, drinking water, taking vitamins uh, every single day and staying hydrated. That's a, you know, habit that uh, I have in place for my health. Um, and then there are other habits that are less frequent, like uh, going to martial arts or, or going for a jog. Like those are a couple times a week sort of thing. Uh, you know, doing something with the family, with my wife and with my son, some sort of family time or fun activity. Um, so I've got like, yeah, this list of things that I want to keep consistent and I monitor myself each week. Like if, if uh, am I actually keeping those consistent? Yeah, very good. Um, 
when it comes to resources and technology, have you, are there any particular resources that you use every single day that you just simply can't live out with, can't live without? It may even be a part of your, your habit, uh, repertoire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, two tools that I don't think I could live without at this point. One is Slack. Um, we use that for internal communication with everyone on the team, everyone in the company. Uh, it helps us avoid each other's inboxes so that email communication is usually external, you know, with people outside of the company that we're talking to or, or customers or thing, things like that. Um, so Slack for internal communication is great. Uh, and I use Asana for all project management, content calendar type stuff. You know, we've got different boards set up for all the teams. You can see everyone's, you know, every project that's being worked on, all the content that's going through a process, and there's like checklists and standard operating procedures and all that stuff set up, super systemized. So yeah, those two things I'm definitely using every single day. Uh, and then, you know, Skype for, for calls like this, Skype or, or Zoom uh, mm. for doing, you know, interviews. Very good. Now, um, you know, the, the last major question that, that I have is uh, the blind entrepreneur. This podcast was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. They cannot see the obvious. Mm -hmm. um, they may be stuck in a particular headspace. So to those individuals, mm -hmm. what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? Um. I can definitely relate to that. Uh, I, I think of it as having tunnel vision. Like you're just so focused on what you're doing that you're like you're missing what what's going on. You might be missing opportunities. You might be stubborn with your way of doing things, and you're not flexible uh, to other ways of doing it. So a couple of things. Uh, number one is if you want to be stubborn, be stubborn with your goals, uh, but not with your approach. Like you should if if there's a, a really specific target you want to hit, fine. But be willing to change your strategy. Like, don't think that there's only one way to get there. Be open to other ways of getting there. Um, the other thing I would say is get outside your industry a little bit. Sometimes tunnel vision comes from just having way too much specific knowledge of your industry and the way things are done in your industry. Go to a conference that's unrelated to your to your industry. Go read a book by a business owner in a different industry. Like you can get ideas and best practices from other businesses and other industries and then bring them into yours. Um, don't think that you have to look only inside of your industry for ideas or inspiration. Uh, and the other thing that I would say is try to get around people that have done what you want to do or, you know, don't, don't learn from trial and error. Uh, you know, it's okay to experiment. Sure. But it's better to have somebody that like can say to you, you know what, you probably shouldn't do it that way. I've actually done it that way. It didn't work. And here's the way you should do it. Or, you know, to get somebody that, that has experience that you don't yet have, uh, and get some advice from them. So whether you, you know, you got to pay for it, get, if they're a coach, if they're a consultant, whatever, um, if they're good and if they really have done what you want to do, paying for their advice is going to save you for making a lot of mistakes, it's gonna save you a lot of time, which usually costs way more than what you pay them. So it's usually a good investment. So yeah, those are the three things I would say. Any, uh, great great advice. Um, definitely relatable to, to every single thing that you just said. Uh, it, it actually sparked another question, which I'm, I'm curious about. 
the aspect of just like mentorship you said paying for people's advice um is there anybody that we could uh look towards whether it's like their own content that they're creating or maybe even a book that you've read that we really just have to dive deep into uh in order to help learn and, and, and get the things that we need in order to grow our business yeah so i think um if there's any skill that somebody should really master, I think it should be relationship building and networking. So whether you do it online uh, like this, like doing a, you know, starting a podcast and interviewing people, whether you do it offline by going to events, get in, get, you know, be in a mastermind group or start a group, you know, whatever you got to do, there, there are lots of ways to build relationships with people, but try to master that skill of building relationships with people. Um, and not just ones where you're taking from the relationship. I mean like win-win relationships, like find out how you can help someone, how they can help you and have that mutual exchange of value uh, and become a connector. Like the more people that you meet, the more people you have in your network, now you have a, a more ability to whenever, when you meet somebody else, connect them to somebody that has value to them. And you can become known as somebody that adds value to others by making introductions for them. That's always appreciated. Um, so yeah, become really good at networking. And just by doing that, by you know increasing the quality of the people around you and the amount of people around you, um, just a, a byproduct of that is you'll tend to get good advice, you know, when you have conversations with these people. So I would focus on, on building relationships for sure. Um, and that'll help, uh, that'll help you, you know, have access to good advice and mentorship and coaches and all that kind of stuff. Very good. Well, with that said, I'm, I'm very excited to grow our relationship as being an alum to the podcast because you successfully completed the podcast. Uh, so without further ado, Tyler, just go right ahead, look directly <laughs> into the camera, tell everybody about how they can be a part of your mission, be a part of your journey and potentially even become a client uh, of Think Epic. Sure. Um, so thank you so much for having me on the show. This was a lot of fun. If anyone wants to get in touch with me, uh, Tyler Basu, you can search for that online. I'm the only guy with that name, so I'm pretty easy to find on social media. Uh, or you can just go to my personal site at tylerbasu.com. Uh, and if you're interested in creating courses, check out Thinkific. Um, there's a free plan you can get started on. Uh, you know, play around, see what you think. And if you want to create a course or you need help with creating your course, uh, you know, let us know. We got a whole team here that's happy to help you out. Very cool. Uh, again, thank you so much, Tyler, for your, your time. It's much appreciated appreciated without further ado guys thank you for always liking commenting and subscribing don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on youtube and itunes uh, everything you've heard today will be in the show notes uh, so all your contact information if it's okay with you will be in there for people to reach out and, and follow your journey um, to watch more videos head over to the blindentrepreneur.com tyler again thank you so much for your time until next time everybody have a good rest of your day and an even better tomorrow Thanks, Jonathan. Cheers. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.